Are we giving lip service to veterinary technicians in our state medical acts? How can we be better advocates for our support staff? And what do you need to know to be an ally for veterinary technicians in the United States? This week, that and a whole lot more on the Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And once again, Viewfinders, we're going to be talking about the role of licensed, registered, certified veterinary technicians in practice. And there's a lot of things that are happening that you might not be aware of that you need to be aware of. And this week, we're going to have Becky telling us how we can be better allies as we try to make progress in the profession. Before we get into all of that, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, this conversation really stems from both of our experiences at the recent Vet Team Global Stream online conference. And there was a lot of discussion about things that were happening in different states and different rules and regulations that were being applied or misapplied in some instances around veterinary technician roles and responsibilities. And so we thought that it was important to kind of share with the Viewfinder family ways that they can get informed and maybe get activated to help change. Yeah, it, I think the word lip service is just becoming something that I'm seeing over and over again. I think that technicians and support staff and CSRs and, and the whole team are just starting to really recognize um you know, a lot of words with very little action. And I think they're raising the accountability bar um, in the profession that says like, we're just really getting tired of hearing this, but not seeing that. Right. And I think Becky, you know, even if we look at sort of the veterinary nurse initiative and forget the title nurse for just a second, you know, if you look at the basic tenets of that, that sparked a, a world of controversy out there. And and suddenly progress sort of stalled a little bit, you know, because I think people were misinformed. They were maybe arguing over the term nurse when they really should have been looking at some of the credentialing aspects and, and sort of, you know, making sure that all the states sort of have equal requirements and responsibilities. But Becky, now we're starting to see this sort of I guess you'd say it's patchwork of legislation and efforts on a state level. And and really, to me, you're right, it is lip service because some, some, some of these medical boards now, veterinary medical boards, are like appointing vet techs, but in a non-voting capacity. <laughs> so that's, I mean, I guess that's one thing we're starting to see a lot in, this, in the states, in the national levels, these veterinary which i argue the word veterinarian if you're not including us associations are like oh yeah hey okay we hear you here's a chair come sit at the table do the work spend the time but we are not actually going to count your voice um it's is nothing truly more than lip service in my opinion if you're not giving technicians a vote i i can't understand the point there i really truly can't and um even the fact that we're just kind of giving that one seat, I feel like you're really setting any one technician up for failure to fight an entire board of individuals who are not their colleagues, who have, you know, probably a set of views and values um, that could possibly be changed to some extent. But 
it's a lot of work for any one individual to do. And so, yeah, I mean, it really does look like lip service. So to, to, to these organizations, please tell me what I don't know. Like I really do want to hear what I'm not understanding about the process that makes it less than lip service. That makes it less than just a hot seat um, for an individual to try to fight without a whole lot of ammo. (laughs) They're like, it's like, you know, a knife to a gunfight. It feels like. Right, right. Yeah. Or literally being invited to the dinner table. You've got a seat at the table, but you don't get a plate to eat anything. So it's it's really frustrating. Now I want to just remind the viewfinder family, Becky, one of the things that you've really stressed over the past several years is this sort of mislabeling, misidentifying. And when you say, when you have the American Veterinary Medical Association, when you have a state veterinary medical board, that means all veterinary medicine, right, Becky? I mean, at least to us, at least to most people. And yet it's almost always exclusively the the domain of a veterinarian. So, I mean, maybe speak a little bit around that nomenclature, because Becky, that's that is actually a serious legislative, regulatory and legal term. Okay, so first, dear Dr. Douglas Kratt, I love you so much, and I know you're so sick of me, (laughs) and and you take me with so much stride. So thank you for all the punches you've taken since you've been president um, directly from me about this. Anytime we use the, the term veterinary association, like if you said to me, what field are you in? I'm in the veterinary profession. I'm not in the veterinary technician profession. That is my role within the veterinary profession. So if you are part of an organization that uses the word veterinary and it is any one group of individuals are the only ones that are allowed to join. Um, And just a little side note here, I would argue most vet tech associations allow veterinarians to be members. I know North Carolina does. We welcome you and your voices. Um, The veterinary associations, North Carolina included, do not allow technicians. There are 17, and Dr. Douglas Douglas Kratz, home state of Wisconsin, is one, so just to throw some positivity his way. Um, There are only 17 VMAs, veterinary medical associations, that include technicians in their membership, and a portion of them are, are not voting seats. They are just allowed to collect their money and um, have them as part of the association and put them on a mailing list, I reckon. So um, if you're using veterinary and technicians and and anyone else who is part of the profession cannot join, you are misusing that label, in my opinion. Um, And I will I can't I cannot get off that high horse. I, I, I cannot. It's it's truly compromisation. And I would argue um, with a little foreshadowing monopolization of any one profession. Yeah. And and again, you know, this is, this has been tried throughout other professions. And so Becky's absolutely standing on very firm, you know, ground here from a legal perspective. And so, you know, again, viewfinders, we'd love to, to hear your thoughts and perspectives on this because, you know, again, the American Veterinary Medical Association does not allow veterinary technicians to participate. And is that fair? Is that a good move for the future? I mean, I, I think this is an important conversation. Yeah. And I mean, it's really hard because they think they can say like, well, we include them in every other aspect. So that's what I don't understand. I'm very proud to say I just got the email yesterday. I'm speaking for the AVMA VLC in 2022. Um, why they have it in Chicago in the middle of the winter, I'll never know, but I'll be there. Um, you know, it, it, they include technicians and other support professionals. They understand, but then there's like this lockdown on membership, this lockdown on board representation. 
And again, to me, this feels very fear-based, right? This feels like if we open up, if we accept, if we allow, we run the risk of losing control. We run the risk of not being able to control this profession that we're in. And I think it's such a scary place if that's where our profession is, because when you're controlling and being for a lack of change, you are going to put yourself in a very compromised position professionally long-term. Yeah. And again, I just don't think it builds the profession. That's where I kind of have an issue with this is because, you know, I need more professionals to help me deal with the surge in pandemic pets to progress, you know, innovations in medicine and surgery. I mean, you know, I need you, Becky. I need your colleagues mm-hmm. to actually help us. And, and again, you've seen this in the human medical profession and dentistry and elsewhere where, yes, by collaborating and coming together and actually uniting and giving equal sort of representation. Yeah, things change very, very quickly. So, Becky, let's just kind of go back, though, to this this move amongst state boards, because there's a lot happening that maybe people aren't aware of. So maybe just give us an update on some of the the top things that maybe were brought up at Vet Team Global Stream that that you want to make sure the Viewfinder family knows about. I'm really sad about them. I already told you this. I'm so sad because honestly, you want to know what we talked about? Please go back to episode one and just listen your way all the way up to today because that's what they talked about. They talked about you know, not feeling supported. They talked about burnout. They talked about crappy cultures. They talked about being told they're not working hard enough if there's laughter in the back. They're being, you know, they're asking how to motivate their teams because everybody right now just hates everything. I mean, it is like everything we've talked about for all of these years. And it makes me so sad because I'm like, I want to believe we're making change here. I want to believe we're impacting folks. And, you know, we go and read the comments on, on this podcast and people give us those stars and those, and that review, they say we make a difference, but man, oh man, this weekend was hard when I listened to so many people facing so many of the same challenges in their clinics. And it's the same feeds throughout Facebook. It's the same question and answers throughout the not one more vet support staff feeds. Um, we have crappy cultures. We have tired colleagues. We have a lack of professionalism. We have a lack of professional respect. We have a lack of support in our profession and it's, it's ubiquitous. Yeah. And part of this does go back to the frustrations that you feel formally, right? So you're not recognized by veterinary medical boards. You're not recognized by most veterinary organizations. I mean, that's, that is a real source of, of frustration. Uh, But, but let's get back to like some of the things, I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, I think that there were several state boards that were kind of taking so so what's going on like in states like Colorado I know there's some movement going on there Colorado there are several states that are um what we consider voluntary states and therefore that means to to, credentialing as a technician is voluntary and it's not governed by the veterinary medical board and Colorado is one of these states so every credential technician in Colorado has volunteered to do so and and is um credentialed through their veterinary technician association there's current legislation to from the colorado veterinary medical board to basically commandeer the tech association and therefore the technician um, governance underneath the veterinarians of colorado despite the fact that they've been independently managing themselves successfully for so long wow what what's the what's the impetus there? Like what's the benefit to the veterinary medical board? Like what why are they wanting to do this? Any idea? You probably would have to ask a much more neutral party <laughs> for a much more neutral answer. I'm 
I hear power and control. I hear security. I hear a lack of advancing our technicians without our ability to say yes or no. I hear, hey, I checked under my thumb and there was no one there. Um, But that's angry Becky who's been dealing with this for a little while and she's a little pent up. Um, You know, but, but that's my fear because at least from what I understand, no one's come out of the gate saying, well, we have a lot of resources. We can help you. Um, so we would love to to unite. And what also I feel like is happening is no one really asked them. Like all of a sudden oh, there wow. was this legislation. I could be wrong, right? Okay, so from my understanding is they weren't approached and said, hey, we would love this to happen. How can we make this work? Um, I think this was a governance action. And the this is the inspiring, amazing, beautiful part. I understand Rebecca Rose is a big part of this. And I know there are, I'm sure, other individuals who I'm, I don't currently know are involved um, that are working on legislation. They're writing a bill. And I guess this is what I want. Technicians or veterinarians or anyone who feels a little under anyone's thumb right now is that like, go to legislation. Like you don't have to stop at your board. The the board has managers too. And so these technicians are incredibly inspiring in that they are writing a bill. They are getting backing and they're fighting this for themselves. And they're saying, you know, heck no, we've been doing this. There's no reason for you to take this over. And we are an independent profession and we are respectful um, and and should be managed on our own. And I give them so much credit because again, I think there's a lot of parallel professions and um, support staff professions that feel like the board is the end all say all do all. And um, the, the fact is it's not, those seats are generally appointed and they're appointed by someone. And if you're not being involved in letting those someones know if these appointees are doing a good job or a bad job or no job. <laughs> I, I totally get that, Becky. I mean, that that is really something that we have fought in veterinary medicine as well. The fact that, you know, so many of my colleagues, veterinarians, just don't stay informed that they actually, you know, aren't aware of the changes at a regulatory level, at a legislative level, you know, at any level. And so that means that when you're not aware, things can happen. And then suddenly you're left wondering, wait, what the heck just happened? And I think that, you know, you guys are are no different than us. And I think that, you know, the biggest thing that we want to say to all veterinary professionals, whatever your title may be, whatever your responsibilities may be, is that stay up to date like be aware of what's happening in your state and in a national level and when an issue pops up that you want to question or you don't feel comfortable with or you want to applaud i mean that's when it's really important to notify your elected officials your representatives your whomever i mean it's really incumbent on all of us to take charge and lead the change that we see that we would like to see in the world so you know becky i mean again i we're all frustrated at times i think that we've got to make sure that we stay aware and and so how would you to that veterinary technician out there today who's feeling a little frustrated how would you advise them to stay informed i mean do they do they watch the avma boards they watch the state medical boards are there navta you know boards that they can watch like how can they stay informed of the changes that are occurring yes basically yes all, <laughs> all the of the boards, above <laughs> all the boards if you so first of all you, you know your veterinary medical associations and technician associations it, you're if you're out of sight you're out of mind so you need to go to those meetings you need to be aware of when they are 
um, start with your technician association, please, because I know here in North Carolina, we have like 5% of our licensed technicians are part of the technician association. Wow. Strength in numbers always. always and so um, wow. join your technician association as a place to start. Next is, you know, be informed on your VMAs and, and be informed on your VMBs. So make sure you're going to your veterinary medical board meetings or at least re- reading the minutes. Um, our board here in North Carolina, while I don't feel and, and based on research that I've done that they are super supportive or super great about technicians, I can say they're very welcoming. I've been to lots of medical board meetings and they always say they're very happy to have us there and they do appreciate our time. Um, and I, and I will say this on their behalf, right? It's very hard to advocate for people who don't advocate for themselves. It's very hard to speak for people who don't speak up for themselves. It's very hard to think about technicians when you don't see them in front of you fighting for themselves. And so, um, if they don't see us, they won't think about us. And so if you want change, you need to be in front of them. Well, and Becky, you just really, that you just kind of blew my mind only 5% of the registered veterinary technicians in North Carolina are actually a member of our state association. I think we have like less than 200 members in the tech association. First of all, I just want to say uh. be, be, because of several actions, um, I am not affiliated with the technician association. I'm not on the board anymore. So they, I'm not speaking for them. Right. right. Um, I just do know based on their numbers that they have less than 200 members. Right. Right. And then we have about 18, 16, 1800 technicians in North Carolina. Um, and so um, we run between five and 10% membership in the state. Whereas the Veterinary Medical Board in North Carolina runs about 80. Right. I'm sorry, the Veterinary Medical Association, right, right, right. the VMA, runs about 80 to 85% membership of the veterinarians in the state. Um, but additionally, they, you know, they, to be fair though, they have the ability to lobby, right? They have the ability to do a lot more than these tiny little associations. Um, they have an executive director, but I can tell you North Carolina is working really hard to take some strides to, um, elevate their own personal professionalism in the state and to really, um, advocate for change. And I'm very proud of what they're doing. And I see, uh, again, Minnesota, Minnesota just, um, got and, and Montana, I want to say like, there's a couple states that are just now getting legislation for technicians at all. Wow. And so, um, yeah, I believe it's Montana big sky veterinary association guys just got some, some credential protection. So, um, for some of us, we're just getting protection. And for others, we're like trying to break out on our own. And it's such a weird gap. And I think that's a lot of the the, the difficulty in the mission of the VNI, because you're trying to unite to a, a next level when you're really not even it, it, it's running before you crawl, because right. we if we have states that don't even recognize that there are credential technicians, it's going to be very hard to have them be protected and elevated. And, you know, Becky, you really nailed it just a a couple of seconds ago. You said, look, it's really hard to advocate for people who aren't advocating for themselves. And so if if you have such poor participation, it is really easy just to give lip service to the North Carolina Veterinary Technician Association because you're looking at that group and you're going, what, there's like a couple hundred? It's like even the vet techs don't support the vet tech association. So I now can give you lip service. I now can say, hey, we'd love to have you just, you know, come and participate, but you can't vote. Like that's really easy to dismiss you if you're not going to represent yourself and and really aggregate for change. Wow. 
So my challenge to our listeners today is this, because I will say if you ask the majority of veterinary technicians, they'll say, listen, I don't have the extra money to give to a technician association that I don't really get much from. These professional associations should absolutely be paid for by your employer. So if you are an employer or a veterinarian and you're not paying your technicians licensing fees and professional association memberships, boo. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like boo for you. Right. Go get them all, pull them aside, get their get their info, get them registered, get them involved and get them advocating for themselves because you care about them. Um a lot of them just don't feel like they can, they just don't feel like they have the bandwidth financially, mentally, emotionally. Right. But, but Becky, I can tell you the conversation is very different if you walk into the North Carolina Veterinary Medical Board and say, I represent 1,500 registered veterinary technicians throughout the state, and this issue is important to all of them. That is the kind of stuff that is powerful. So again, you know, if you're out there listening today, Viewfinders, and you're frustrated, and you know we're frustrated, you can tell it in our voice every week sometimes, but the reality is we have got to come together. This is the power of the people. Come on. Well, and I would argue not only is that the veterinary medical board going to listen better if you say, you know, we have 1500 interested individuals, the government is going to listen better. And so when you do have to go above the board and you have to go to your government officials that appoint them, they're interested in registered voters. And that is simply how they collate the importance of your point in your mission is how many voters are represented by your opinion and how much money is behind it. And it's sad, but true. And I'm sure it's not for all officials, but it's what gets you in the door. And so, um, it, it is not just about your boards, but it's also about the governments that represent you and them. Wow, that is such an important point. Okay, so Becky, what else is happening? Like, you know, I know there's been uh, any updates like on California. I know there's been some unionization moves. I mean, we've we've had Liz uh, Houston on the show uh, several times talking about things like that. Any any updates that you got from VTGS about that? Um, we didn't really get into the unionization aspect at all in the um, in in Vet Team Global Stream, and we really didn't. We really didn't touch into the political side of things at all, uh, to be fair. A lot of it is just more on the management and culture. I do know there are a couple more clinics. I know at least one out in California that is working for unionization right now. Um, It's something that I think is very interesting. Again, I think there are some steps between the board and unionization. There's nothing wrong with it. I think it's great if it's an option. It should be an option, right? Like, We should have the right for that to be optional. Um, But I can say, you know, I think more and more people are listening because of that kind of noise and that rattle. For me, I would rather go and see who I can get to work with me before I start saying like, oh, this is the group I work with and we're going to start demanding things. But I don't think we're far from it. So, um, but I think it is another avenue. I think what we're seeing is more and more spokes on a wheel of veterinary technicians circling the wagons. I'm just to take that pun as far as I can to really work that one. Um, We're seeing more and more ways technicians are branching out and and saying, I'm going to kind of fight for my right to grow legs and and run with this. Yeah. And and this is just viewfinders, in my opinion, this is just 
an evolution. The numbers are growing, right? So there are more RVTs in the country than ever before. They are feeling more frustrated in their limitations or lack of protections than ever before. And they are trying to make positive change. So, I mean, we should expect this. So if you're a veterinarian listening today, if you're an owner, a manager listening today, I would take this very seriously because you're right, Becky, this isn't going to change overnight. It's not going to happen even in the next year or two. But you know what? The, the landscape may be very different over the next decade, and that has huge ramifications because when we look at allowing veterinary technicians, as I've always desperately tried to do, to leverage them to their full potential and abilities, if we're going to do that, that is completely transformative. And let me tell you why, Becky, because that actually helps the veterinarians be more efficient, which actually solves one of our biggest dilemmas right now is, hey, we can't hire an associate vet. Yeah, well, good. Then hire five technicians. Right, and, and, right. and, you know, there's none of us either. I get that. But, you yeah, know, yeah. it's for all of the same reasons, you know, and I argue, um, you know, and I think it's interesting. I think the, the upcoming generations are just more involved, vocal and active as it is. Um, but and, and they I think they do feel more empowered and they do understand that they have to actually make change. No one's going to make it for them. So I think we've got a really good thing going with these upcoming generations um, for one thing. But I also think we have more generations that are attending private schools to become veterinary technicians um, who are working really hard for this to be their profession. And they are willing to fight for it because they didn't they didn't come into it by accident. This is a profession that like you said that's growing. So people are choosing to be <laughs> like I always right, say, we're not right. a consolation prize of choosing this profession. So they're going to fight for it because they're like, oh, no, 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 I, I'm, I, I fought to be here. I'm going to be here. And that makes me happy because I think there's a chance we're going to see less attrition and more, uh, you know, voicing. I, I, I'm really hopeful for that. Yeah, so viewfinders, if you're out there fighting for change, if you want to see a different future, if you're maybe part of that Gen Z generation that is saying, hey, we're going to get out there and protest, we really want to hear what you think. What are your ideas for the future? Because I will tell you this, I am super optimistic. I am super, super hopeful for the future, but I also know that this kind of change, this foundational, fundamental change does not come easily. And there are a lot of potential, you know, challenges that you're going to face going out there because I can tell you right now, the first wave of you guys, Becky, I'll put you in that camp, Liz Houston, you know, all the, all the others that are leading change. You guys are definitely taking some hits. Oh, wicked. I'll be honest with you. I, I made it very clear that, you know, I will basically probably ruin my career here in the state of North Carolina. And I'm grateful for all of you nationally that will continue to keep me employed because this state's going to kick me out, but I'm okay with that because more, you know, the, the Liz Houston's, the Steven Satal's, the, the Ken Yagi's, the people that are out there really advocating hard, Aaron Spencer, um, you know, they are, they're, they've earned the respect to speak up and they are well-established in, and in love with their profession in a way that they're willing to speak up for the people who would really probably lose professional opportunities if they did. And I've been pretty clear about that, at least in my state, that the majority of technicians have a fear of speaking up because they don't want to be blacklisted. They don't want to get fired. It's a very small community. You guys know that. And it feels like you can't say or do anything without everybody knowing. And so, um, Ugh, the people that are out there taking the hits are, are really and truly doing it for the ones that kind of got to stay undercover but really need the change. Yeah, so viewfinders, if you think that 
Veterinary technicians and other support staff are just getting a lot of lip service from veterinary professionals. We really want to hear from you because this is an this is an issue that affects all of us. Uh, Becky, I really want to thank you once again for not only your strong advocacy for veterinary technicians, but really for the profession. Because at the end of the day, people like you, Becky, and all the others that you listed and all the others that we didn't list today, yeah. you're really just trying to, to I think, build up the veterinary profession, not just the veterinary technicians, but the entire pet care industry. And that I applaud you for. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I mean, there are so many folks like you, um, you know, I think of, of veterinarians like Liz Bales, Colleen Dent. I know she listens. I'm giving her a little shout out um, who are just so tech crazy, who are so amazing about advocating. So I don't want you guys to feel overlooked either. Again, even Douglas Cratt, I know you love us. I know you're doing what you can. And I'm sorry you take these hits from me. Uh, he I is will so buy ready you to be done. <laughs> he can't wait. Uh, I'm, I'm going to buy him all the drinks when we can be in person. They're coming at you, Doctor Kratt. Um, but you know, I, I know that there are the good guys out there, and I don't want to generalize um, the bad guys. That being said, it doesn't have to be about good and bad. So this is about advocating. And come on, guys, tell me on Facebook, tell us on Instagram. What's going good in your state with your VMAs? What are you guys fighting against? What needs to improve? You know, we really want to hear all that stuff from you guys. Yeah, and definitely if you get a chance, go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review and say, hey, we like the voices of change. We want to participate. We want to make this profession better. We really, really want to hear from you. So again, a really great Vet Team Global Stream. Becky, congratulations once again. I was honored to, to participate. The questions, the community is just really spectacular and bar none. And so again, viewfinders, if you didn't get a chance to check out Vet Team Global Stream this year, be sure to put it on your calendar for next year because it's phenomenal. And Becky, until next week, I guess that's it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.